Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. Mike and Gino joining you live on a, the eve of the big LeBron opening night. But we'll begin with baseball and then segue off to football. Gino, I suffered a massive Kimbrel attack yesterday. You know what a Kimbrel <laughs> I, attack is? I do. Is it when you get your arms out like a bird and you're doing the, uh, like, yeah. the motion like that? Yeah. What yeah, happened, maybe, maybe need some CPR, maybe need some resuscitation. I mean, hey, he makes you sweat, but he's he's still gotten the job done. But he he just can't get through a game without putting a couple runners on and uh, and making you have a heart attack. I know if you're out there wondering what we're talking about, the uh, the Boston Red Sox are now up three games to one. So, Mike, you, uh, I, what are your overall thoughts so far on the series? The, the four games you've seen so far as a fan and then just kind of like overall – how do you feel going forward? Are you still confident? Are you nervous at all? Red Sox clearly are the most well-rounded team in baseball. I, I've been saying that for a long time. You know that. Everybody that listens but, knows that. And to me, you know, yeah, the, the big news, obviously, is, is the Mookie Betts, Altuve, home run call. Is it the right call by Joe West? Is it not the right? Let's get to that later on. But just generally speaking, this team is so well-rounded. They can beat you in so many different ways. When their pitchers are off, their defense picks you up. They make ridiculous plays, whether it be Benatendi or Mookie Betts. They get timely hitting. They are batting 467 with runners in scoring position and 16 RBIs in four games. See, 16 RBIs. Wouldn't the Dodgers want half of that production? I mean, yeah, and I, but I wonder, see, when I watch their games, and I, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, I don't know, like, they do a lot of things pretty well, but they, to me, I worry about them not doing anything great. I've actually been very surprised that they've been able to get so, to play so well against Houston, but then, you know, like, I've watched this Houston team, and I think a lot of it has more to do with Houston not executing, and Boston just executing, but not even that, I mean, I, I don't know, your starting pitching doesn't scare me, doesn't really scare anyone, we just talked about Kimbrell. You don't know what's happening with Sale, who is really your only main starting pitcher. Um, defensively, you're very good, and your lineup is solid. But you're not like a terrifying team, and that, I think, is what makes it even more scary is because you don't do anything great, do everything pretty well. But I'm still a little nervous with your three games left because what's going to happen now with Sale? You need a, good, you need a price effort, and even if price does not match Verlander, and let's say you go three games to two going home, uh, what are we going to get out of Price right now? Uh, what what uh, sale right now? How is he feeling? He's at a hospital stint. What do you think? Do you think you're going to get something out of sale? And if not, are you nervous at all? Because this is a good Houston team that could very easily win three games in a row. You've played better so far. But I, I, I think it's too early to say either one of these Dodgers or, or uh, Boston teams are on to the World Series. Completely disagree. Both series are done. The Dodgers are just... A better team than the Brewers, the Red Sox right now. Are, you, and you say they don't, what do they do? They scored the most runs in baseball. They but are, let, me, let, me, okay, can I, let me stop okay. you before you get anywhere else because 
every single and I'm saying this as a fan of a team who who was the best team in baseball last year got to game 7 of the World Series and lost every single thing that happened in the regular season now doesn't matter anymore doesn't matter anymore cuz I've been I've been a fan of a Dodger team the last 6 years that has gotten to the playoffs in every different way they've been the best team the hottest team a team that's just made it and none of that matters once you get here now but, you, but can you say that about any postseason for, uh, for any oh, for any sport and absolutely and but, but you have to understand scary. how did you how did you arrive at how did you get to the most runs how but, were how did sure, you get sure. to be the, the team that stole the second most bases because you got fast players you know 100%. you got you got good hitters you got good pitching whatever i mean that's how you you, you piled up those statistics and now it manifests itself in, in a short series i hear what you're saying i mean anything I could happen teams are differently built you know what i mean there are teams that are built for the for the regular season and I mean, I look at a Boston team, and I'm saying this, who like in a matchup with pitching wise, if you don't have a number one sale, this isn't like a top of the line starting lineup that makes it to the World Series. You don't have a bullpen right now. Like the first thing we came in with is shaky. I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm just saying this isn't a team that's necessarily perfectly built to be a dominant World Series team. Like you look at a good Astros team from. Even last year, they didn't have that great of a bullpen. So all these teams necessarily, there's, they're, comp- they're a good offense. And I'll get you, they're probably the best top-of-the-bottom offense. But we're saying this, and last night, there were two either-or. You know, the Betts thing was, I think, the right call. But that's if that's a home run, the whole game changes. The whole series changes if they win that game. You know, I'm just... Possibly. I mean, it would be a two-run shot, so if... And nothing ever plays out the exact no, same way. No, no, you never know. And you if know. it was, it would be 8-8. Eight to eight. So, I mean, there'd still be, I mean, who knows? I, I hear you. I think it's the right call, though. That's the, that's what was hard is that, real quick, before we bring in our first guest, the, what made that call difficult, right, is if the fans interfere, I heard Buster only talking about this, then why didn't the fans get thrown out? But they didn't really interfere. I don't think those fans deserve to get thrown out of the game because it wasn't like a foul ball or something where they went onto the like onto the field to play or over the line. They were literally just trying to catch a ball that was over the fence, and Mookie was a foot over the fence trying to get it, you know bring it back. It was such a weird call because there were so many different things going into it. I don't think he would have caught the ball, but I don't I don't think it should have been a home run. I still don't think Altuve should have been out. It, it was so weird. You I'll know, tell you what. I'll tell you what, really quickly, watch the slow-mo of it, and then you tell me if you don't think he would have caught it. I don't, watch I, the ultra-slow motion. He was Here's off. what happened. What happened was a fan actually helped close Betts' glove. This is no joke. If you see the slow-mo, he, his glove's wide open. If the fan does nothing, he catches it. I but really, the fan did. It closed the glove, and that's why it hit off the glove and, you, and, and was not caught. But let me tell you something. Let's. I don't let's, know a let, fan of any team that's as confident or cocky as you. I hope the Dodgers play the Red Sox so we can talk smack to each other. Oh, we're going to have some major, major so waivers going on. You are overly confident in your team. Like, you don't get ner- – like, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And For I a team that's not, not that good, you are so overly confident. This team is – you're playing against a hurt Altuve and an Astros team that has not been living up to the billing. And if they play three good games in a row, you are in some trouble. And Chris Sale, which you've only seen for four innings. But, you know, let's ask somebody who actually, I don't know if you know this, he actually knows, not only knows a lot of baseball. Played some baseball. He played professional baseball. He's going to talk to us about the NFL mainly, but maybe he's got a baseball take as well. I'm talking about former first-round draft pick, legendary Oregon 
quarterback, Akili Smith. Akili, good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing out there? Doing pretty well, man. Have you been catching up on any of this baseball postseason, or have you been too busy to uh, follow along? This is the best time to start watching baseball. A lot of people don't like watching it uh, during the year, but when the playoffs uh, start, you got to find some time to catch as many games as you possibly can. No question. Absolutely. Now, did you see this play that we've been talking about, the Mookie Betts, uh, the, the the ball hit off Altuve's bat, Mookie Betts jumps up. And by the way, there's not a lot of outfielders that can even get those, that kind of hops oh, no. like a Mookie Betts to even make that, sort of make that play. But did you get a chance to see that, Akili? Yeah, I saw it on ESPN. I don't understand the rule uh, completely uh, as far as whether it's been out or home run. So if any of you guys can touch on that real quick, I would greatly appreciate it. Well, I guess in short, if it's within the field of play and the fan interferes, then that's fan interference. Like Gino was saying earlier, they would toss the fan out of the game and then it would be an out. But once the player actually goes in, like if there's an imaginary line of the home run line, once that player kind of with his hand or glove crosses over that imaginary line, then it's fair game for the fan to do whatever he wants to try to catch the ball. Uh... Well, shoot, we got to talk about scooting them seats back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we got to make a move now. We got to scoot these seats back just a little bit and give uh, give our players some room here. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt, man. Uh, it, it, it's just one of those things where it's funny, too, because usually the savvy, like, East Coast teams have, like, or uh, East Coast teams have savvy fans, and they kind of know a lot of those like subtle rules, and they try to help their right. team out when it's when it helps them, and and the, uh, the other way around when it doesn't. But in this case, the hometown team kind of hurt the 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 hometown fans kind of hurt the hometown team in that situation. But man, right. it is really good to have you on here, and uh, and uh, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of people might not know you've got a, a baseball background, but football is really where where you made your money. You made your mark and, and why everybody knows your name. Let's get right to it and talk about some of these um, issues that we're you know, seeing unfold in front of us in the NFL. One of the big topics in my mind is, you know, the scoring. You know, um, have we gotten to the point to where it's such an offensive league that it's going to kind of like mirror the, the arena league with, I mean, are we on the way to like every game is going to be 60 to 50? You know, from a quarterback's perspective, you know, what, what are some of the things that you're seeing that have enabled this to happen? Well, you know, first things first, um, you can tell that some of the rules were being changed during Peyton Manning's time and some of the elite quarterbacks who were still playing, and obviously Brady is still playing, to try to get those guys to extend their career so that the NFL, which is a business, can continue to make money. And that's, that's pretty much what it boils down to. Um, the NFL is driven by points excitement, celebrations. I mean, let's keep it real. My boy A. Ross played defense. Nobody wants to see defense. People turn on the TV, NFL. They want to see touchdowns and high-scoring games and things of that nature. And the NFL knows that, and they're trying to do all that they can uh, to keep it going in that direction. Now, when you uh, when you look at the game right now moving forward, and, and, and in particular this year with – the roughing the passer and any kind of hit and where you fall on top of the quarterback we're seeing, as you mentioned, really trying to to make the game, I guess, a little bit safer. Who who out there is someone 
that you see is kind of like a, an old school QB, um, someone maybe like you who who you like, who can do a little bit of everything, not necessarily just one who can drop back, but someone who's a winner. It seems like we have a good group of some young QBs now kind of coming in, trying to take the mantle from the Tom Brady's of the world. Is there one or two guys out there in particular that you really like or you think has a big future? Well, for me, he's been around for a while, but the one that I I really like is is Aaron Rodgers and the way that he is able to sit in the pocket, the way that he's able to move in the pocket and just absolutely throw lasers all over the field. I mean, it's, it's incredible what he's able to do with what he has out there on the field. And to be honest with you, in, in my opinion, I believe the head coach needs to be on a hot seat. There's no way you can have one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, and yet every single year you got wide receiver problems, you got offensive line problems, you can't get a running back. And at some point, somebody has got to pay for that, and I'm surprised that he's been able to keep his job as long as uh, he has. That's an interesting point. And, you know, when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, and he clearly is one of the all-time greats, when I'm watching these games, I'm seeing guys who are not all-time greats put up ridiculous numbers. I mean, I remember for the longest time, you know, Dan Marino's records were kind of the holy grail in terms of passing. They've all been taken down so quickly. And it seems like one year somebody topples the, the all-time yards or, or single-season touchdowns, and then the next year somebody beats that, and then the following year somebody beats that. You know, let, let's get really specific in terms of what, what are some of the changes that the league has adopted that's led to this? How have we gotten to this point? You gave us the origin, you know, with, with the Peyton Manning rules, the, the Tom Brady rules, like let's extend these guys' life, let's protect the quarterbacks. What are some of the other specifics, though, that you're seeing we're like, wow, I wish that I was playing in this environment because we didn't have this back then. I think the first thing that they will not think, I know the first thing that they did was the illegal contact downfield. Um, it was a lot more physical, a lot more physical play by the defensive backs and safeties and things of that nature back there on the back end, which made it more difficult for us to sit in the pocket and wait for those receivers to come open if a defense is playing press man. But now, you know, you can't be physical at the line of scrimmage. When a receiver is going across the middle, and this is a late rule that they just added, you'll get a flag for targeting. And then the last one, you know, we talked about this yesterday. I kind of chuckle a little bit because before it was all about knock the quarterback out. You know, every defense, as soon as the game starts, it was all about knock the quarterback out, knock the starting quarterback out. Now that we have a little bit of protection, and to be honest with you, it's too much protection. Heck, you might as well just give us a flag. There's some people that are upset about the rule as far as being able to hit the quarterback. You know, so I see it from both uh, uh, perspectives. But at the end of the day, it is right now as it stands, it's too much protection uh, for the quarterback. That's, that's really interesting because that's coming from a quarterback's perspective. It's almost like they're being babied too much. Yeah, they're be- they're being babied, and you can see the quarterbacks turning around, and everybody's looking for a flag. And then you got defenders who are playing hard; they're being taught to play hard. They're being paid to play hard. They're playing hard, and then they got to start pulling up. And you know, it is what it is. You know, they 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 have to understand that when you go to the NFL, uh, you're signing up to play for a billion dollar corporation. This is a business, and by all means, they have to understand that they're going to protect the interests of the business, and that's what they're doing. Do you think this is good for business? 
I mean, do you think ultimately if, if scoring keeps, I don't remember the exact stat. I wish I, I'd written it down, but it's something along the lines of, you know, we already have more teams that have scored 40 points, you know, through week six than we had, you know, in entire years, an entire season. This entire decade, I think the whole set. Yeah, I mean, it's just like ridiculous that. numbers. Is this good for the game? Yeah, to be honest with you, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to you from both sides of the spectrum. As far as the fans are, are, are concerned and making money and things of that nature, it's good. As far as the overall game, the way that we grew up playing the game, being physical and, you know, hitting people in the mouth and, you know, saying things out there on the field. Well, now we can't say things on the field because there's microphones out there. Uh, from that perspective, it's not. You know, but again, like, you know, like I just said, this is a business. And this is where we're at. The majority of the fans, if you were to do a survey, I guarantee you if you ask them, do you want to see more points or do you want to see better defenses? I guarantee you they'll say we want to see more points. And, and you know what? It's funny because what you're saying, it, it's almost like we're seeing it in baseball and basketball and in football too. I mean, in basketball now with the, the way Steph Curry and the Warriors have played the last few years, everyone's shooting the three. You're not seeing the big right. man bang, banging down low like they used to. You know, in baseball even, you don't see any small ball a whole lot. Everybody's swinging for the fences. They've got the, uh, the launch angle now. Everyone's trying to hit home runs and they're striking out. And you're not really seeing baseball played the way it used to be played. It's interesting, and that was kind of a, a really good point that you made because I've, I've actually heard a couple quarterbacks kind of mimic what you're saying Especially for someone like you who was able to get out of the pocket, who was able to run. <laughs> you took plenty of hits in your day uh, when you got out of right. the pocket. And some of these quarterbacks, they they want to show their toughness. They want to be able to take a hit and stay in the game. And that's kind of like a whole aspect of football now that is almost being removed from the game. Exactly. And, uh, you know, me going back from personal experience, the hits that hurt the most, wasn't those hits when you throw the ball and you get hit. You know, it may look like that on film and everybody gets the ooh and the ah or whatever the case may be. The hit that hurts the most is when a linebacker defender engage, engages the quarterback and absolutely just drives up into the turf. Those are the ones that hurt the most. Now, somebody, I don't know who that was, Clay Matthews, I believe it was, with the Green Bay Packers, he had a situation where he could have possibly pulled up because of the new rule. He didn't pull up because he was just playing football, and they made an example out of him. It is what it is. A lot of these guys at the beginning of the season, they're being made an example of as teaching tape. So now everybody in the NFL is pulling up these examples, going over with the team. NFL officials are doing the same thing. So I'm kind of on both sides, but right now, you know, it's kind of tough because I can see where the NFL is going as far as, you know, them uh, making money. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I'm just – kind of replaying that in my mind, especially the Matthews, uh, you know, plays in particular because, you know, he was flagged for, what, two, three weeks in a row or something like that. And I was kind of thinking about it as you were kind of describing that. And I'm like, you know, I wonder if they should adopt some type of, you know, kind of like with with the catch rule. It's kind of like, was was there a football move being made? It's kind of like, okay, if you're a linebacker or a D lineman and you're approaching the quarterback, is it kind of within, you know, you know, before they used to have what, like it's uh, one step or something like that, where if it's continued motion and you hit the quarterback because you couldn't pull up, then it's acceptable. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking now, I'm like, okay, so now what we're really saying is if Matthews to try to pull up actually hurts himself, pulls a hamstring or whatever, it's okay as long as it's not the quarterback. 
Right. Yeah, that's 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 tough. And I'm sure they're playing out all those scenarios in their mind. Every defensive coordinator probably is calling the league office, calling the officials. Hey, what do I need to tell my players? And, yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. This is a new time in the NFL with the concussion movie coming out, with all of the CTE coming out, you know, people studying Dave Dorson's brain and all that type of stuff. There's a lot of people who are involved with football now who are uh, sympathetic to those people who lost their lives behind CTE, CTE and behind football. I mean, this, this is where we're at now. It's going to be a new game. Uh, we got to adjust the rules. Uh, a little bit, and um, that's just what it's going to be. Great point. Hey, Achille, can you hang with us uh, through this uh, quick commercial break? Yeah, I'll be right here. Outstanding. We'll take our first commercial, and when we come back, we'll actually bring on a former teammate uh, from the defensive side of the ball of Achille Smith, Adrian the Madbacker Ross. Those who listen to the show have heard him before, love him, and uh, we will bring them both in and get their takes on what the other had said. So stay right with us. We will be back in a quick moment. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking NFL scoring blitz. What is going on at this stage of the game through the first six weeks of the NFL season and the massive amounts of offense that we're seeing. We're 
discussing it with a former quarterback, Akili Smith, and he was just kind of explaining to us the, the offensive perspective of things. Let's bring in a different perspective, which is the defensive side with the mad backer, Adrian Ross. Adrian, good morning. Good morning. What's going on, fellas? Have you been well, listening? Have you been listening to the combo so far, Adrian? What do you think of what uh, Achilles been bringing to the table? Oh yeah, I mean, like you guys are right on. You know, it's a hot topic, and uh, you know exactly what uh, all of you guys are saying. You know, I like what you said best is, uh, or I took that with the whole being a defensive guy. It's okay to injure yourself as long as you protect the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> You know, with this whole, like, uh, you know, you can't put your body weight on him. So now this this new technique of damn near, well, he can, you can flip over and let him land on you and everything's fine. And that's always, that was always my concern is let's stop lying to the public and to the fans and saying that we're making the game safer. No, you're trying to make the game safer for certain players. The fantasy football players. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fantasy football players, stars of the league, and you're protecting their 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 big ticket items. Um, and I can understand that. And I think that, you know, it's the mindset that these defensive players have to go under now. You know, even these old D coordinators, like to me, I feel that uh I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and give my secret out right now on here is the game, the way it's played needs to be changed defensively. Like all this why do we always hear all this substitution up front? Oh, you know, we're subbing. Philadelphia is subbing in the D-line. Well, why aren't you guys subbing in the cornerbacks? Why aren't you subbing in linebackers? Why is the D-line the only guys out there to get tired? <laughs> Interesting <laughs> like, point. You hear them subbing the O-line in? Are they rotating nope. the offensive line? No. Nope. Yeah, you know, so for me, there needs to be a refreshment of the, these old-ass defensive coordinators and these old coaches that are doing that are that are that are playing the old school way, and the game is different now. You know, there's 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 the Tyreek Hills, and there's all these little guys running around because you know back in the day, you know, with Mark Duper and all these guys and Clayton. Remember how they get hit and they'd be, they're taking these huge monstrous hits, and now you can't do that anymore. So exactly. the game is changing with these RPOs and. It's a lot of it's a lot of different things, but I feel I see right now we have that that mix of where the the game is still being played the same on the defensive side because it's these old D coordinators with young with young offensive coordinators. Now I want to I want to focus a little bit on that point, but while while we've got Akili with us still, I want to hear maybe Akili, do you have? a memory or a story of the mad backer, a play maybe in mind that you've got where it wouldn't just wouldn't fly today. Is there, is there anything that stands out to you that you'd remember him see and do uh, on the, on the football field where you're like, man, if he did that today, there is just no way that uh, he wouldn't be flagged or maybe even kicked out of the game. Well, he shows clips all the time on his Facebook. I mean, going against arguments, <laughs> <laughs> the, best, the, best full, the best fullback, in my opinion, Lorenzo Neal, of just absolutely leading with the helmet and taking on blocks consecutively week, week in and week out. I mean, that's who Big A was. That, that was every single week. We expected that out of him. Now, you know, he got caught up in some political stuff, but, yeah, he, he brought that every week. But I, I wanted to rewind real quick because he made a great point about the RPO, and that is another example of, 
of something that is benefiting the offense because in the RPO scenario, linemen can be three yards downfield. So now you got a run blade, a run play built in. You got linebackers who are responsible to read the guard. The guard is two yards down the field, giving the linebackers a run read. The quarterback pulls the ball. The secondary cannot jam them within a five-yard radius or whatever the exact rule is. And here we go with number two down the scene. We got somebody running the slant. We got somebody running the dig. So it, 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 it's offensive-driven, uh, no, no doubt at all. Yeah, you know, and then, like, you pull the ball out late, and, and then instantly it's like, well, you can't hit me. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, yeah. So, so how is it, by the way, you know, just hearing you guys talk, I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm like, how is it that for the longest time we would hear from the NFL, you know, oh, to play quarterback in this league, you got to, you know, be right under the center. Right. Uh, oh, wildcat offense. Oh, that doesn't work in the NFL. Oh, RPO. No, no, no. That doesn't work in the NFL. But then we're seeing all these things, and we're seeing qu- quarterbacks who play the whole game out of the shotgun and spread formations and all this stuff from the college game. I'd like to hear both of you guys. the high school game. If, They're going yeah, even deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to hear both of your takes on kind of how the NFL is evolving. Well, for, for, in my opinion, at this time, you, you, you better get your butt in the shotgun because these guys are bigger, stronger, faster. You know, the technology is better. The, the food is better. The, the way that these guys are training is better. So from a quarterback standpoint, I would definitely like to start five, five, yards, five yards away from them as opposed to being one yard under center away from them unless it's some type of, you know, play action where we're keeping seven in to, to block and we're running some deep post and a deep over or something like that. Uh, to try to get the backers and everybody to step up. But outside of that, I mean, these guys are just, they're just big, fast, and physical. You know, the game is changing as far as uh, that's concerned as well. And, and before we get, uh, to... oh, go ahead, Adrian. No, please. Oh, so what I was going to say about it was that, uh, like, how I look at it is, it's funny. Here's another lie that the league is telling, going, going back to Kaepernick, right? Like, oh, you know, Kaepernick style, they'd have to, change the offense for them. And I'm like, wow, like, that's funny because I look at the New Orleans Saints <laughs> and a guy that was nowhere near Kaepernick, the, that, that Tan- Tanson Hill or Taysom Hill that backs up Drew Brees, or he's not even the backup of Drew Brees. He's the third-string quarterback. But I sure did see a whole number of plays for him being made, and I sure do see a whole bunch of other guys coming up in college. The Texas A&M quarterback looks identical to Kaepernick. So you're coming with all these other athletic, um, athletic quarterbacks. But then, like you guys are saying, we're coming back to the league, and the league is saying, all these pocket passers. Okay, it's Carson Wentz, a pocket. I mean, he, you know what I mean? It's like they keep saying this stuff, and yet we're seeing a whole lot of different things, and the game is changing. And there's a lot more, there's a lot more athletes that are now going to play wide receiver and play quarterback than when back in the day they used to play running back. And we're seeing the SEC and all these other Michigans and all, like, that's what Michigan's problem is. They're still playing that old Big Ten football, and the game is changing. Yeah, no, no, no doubt there. Hey, Akili, before we let you go and, and, and focus on just the defensive side with, uh, with the Madbacker, let, let me ask you, I guess one of the questions I was going to ask you was, you know, who you thought was the best quarterback in the league. 
it sounded to me like you were basically saying that Rogers was, or was he just the answer to that particular question that we posed earlier in terms of, you know, who's taking most advantage of, uh, of, of the current format? Well, right now I, I, I can't go against Tom Brady um, as far as being the best quarterback in the league and being the, the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm definitely leaning uh, towards Tom Brady, but I can I can see Aaron Rodgers and that New England Patriots offense doing the same thing that Brady is doing. The only problem is we will never get that opportunity to see it. So since the evidence is already there with Tom Brady being there, um, I got to go with Tom Brady being the best. So if you were drafting a team from scratch, where you know you don't have Belichick, you don't have a system, we're just all going to rewind this thing and start from scratch. Brady would be the first quarterback you take, or is then that now going to be a different answer? Yeah, that would be a different answer. Because remember, Brady was well. Was he a six, a six string yep. quarterback or six, six round, six round quarterback? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know that's a that's a totally different conversation that we would definitely uh, have to have. And uh, you know, obviously, it would be uh, Aaron Rodgers. And let me say this before I go, because me and A. Ross talk about this a lot too. What would you consider Aaron Rodgers? Would you consider him a pocket passer, or would it be a, a mobile quarterback? What would you consider him? If you're asking me, I view him as a pocket passer with the legs to be able to extend the place. And I think if you're building okay, a quarterback, he's probably one of the more – he's the one that you want to build because he can really do it all. You know, he can short, throw it long, he can run, he can scramble, he can throw on the run, and he can throw, you know, in the pocket. Okay. How would you answer now, that, what Achilles? Would you, what, what, would you, what would you consider Cam Newton? Well, what is Cam Newton? Is he a pocket passer? Or is he a mobile quarterback? I'd give the same answer that I just gave for Rodgers. It's pretty close. I would just say Rodgers is a little more accurate throwing the ball, just slightly more accurate, but I think they're pretty close, yeah. I think think that that they're more willing to use – I mean, they use Cam differently with Carolina because of Cam's size, right? So, you know, he's just as good of a a goal line weapon to score from, uh, you know, at the one – then maybe you're pullback or running back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because of his, his his size. So I think they're more willing to use him in running scenarios. But I still view Cam Newton as a pocket passer. Yeah, see, in my in my opinion, both of them, in my opinion, are mobile quarterbacks. I will okay. put them in that category. But because of the the racial issue and topic that's involved with some of us just automatically being labeled a mobile quarterback when sure. Adrian touched on it earlier. What what would you consider Carson Wentz? He's a mobile quarterback. Yeah, there's no way around it. So that's a whole nother uh, discussion that we can talk about. Uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, whenever you guys want to invite me back. And again, I would love to do this um, whenever time permits. Absolutely, awesome, man. Great stuff. Very much love uh, to to bring you back on and, and continue the convo uh, during during this, the football season here. Hey, if people want to follow you, whether it be on social media or just kind of find out what you're up to, what's the best way that people can uh, track you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, just Akili Smith. Very easy to find. Uh, you know, DM me for any question or anything like that. I try to keep up with Adrian Ross when he's breaking down film. I've adopted that a little bit to try to help people out. So, yeah, there's a lot of football talk going on on his page, my page, and, you know, we're just trying to help the game that we love. Outstanding. Thank you for joining us, Akili. Thanks, Definitely Akili. appreciate it, my man. All right, brother. Take care, my man. So, so Big A. 
what are your thoughts on, on how, what he just said about the quarterbacks and, and how you label them and, and how you assess them, et cetera? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's spot on right there. I mean, that was, that was some good stuff on um, how you broke that down and, like, the labeling, you know. Um, you know, that was, that, was, that was very good, you know, because you could have a topic and then you could say, so-and-so, mobile quarterbacks. But that doesn't mean that they're not that they're not pocket passes as well, and I think that that's that to me is something that I learned and I try to teach uh, younger athletes and their parents that that how important that label is. Um, it also goes like that on the defensive side because um, I was one of these guys that because the coaches in college played me a defensive end, I was labeled a tweener, but really I was a middle linebacker. <laughs> but because I played defensive end. And the scouts and how the process goes, they never ask me. <laughs> they just go and talk to they go and talk to your coaches, and they think that they know it all, and they and they treat college players like you know you don't really have an IQ unless the individual coach is talking to you. But scouts don't really, you know, now these bigger, higher draft picks they are, but you know, like they never, no one ever asked me like, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, I played linebacker all throughout high school. I got to play linebacker when I got there. So these labels uh, sometimes help help guys, and sometimes they hurt guys. And we it's kind of funny because you and I, you and I were just talking. You know, you and I were just talking about that a couple nights ago, even with 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 baseball. You know, we were talking about Tony Kemp and his, his outfield arm, uh, or, or his his uh, you know his his glove, and the same thing with Mookie Betts. By the way, Betts came up; they, they pegged him as an infielder, like a second baseman, the guy with the weakest arm in the infield. And sure enough, now he's his right, right fielder with one of the biggest cannons in the game with one of the most putouts for any outfielder. He guns people down a second at home, a third, you name it, all the time. Once again, exactly. why was he labeled like that? Because he's undersized, because he's 5'9", right? Like, oh, well, he's that, that's second baseman. It's not even a shortstop anymore. You know what I mean? It's like those right. labels really can, can be harmful to, to these players' game. Exactly. Versus just being able to play the game. It's <laughs> Tyreek Hill right now. You know? <laughs> no doubt. So real, real, real simple question coming from me, AD. When, when you're watching right now and the start of this year, the first you know six games in, who right now impresses you the most? Who is someone... Uh, let's say um, as a team, and let's say who is a team that you would love to be playing for right now and wish you could be out there because you think they got a big shot to win it all? Ooh, they have a big shot to win it all? Um, well, I, I, could, I could easily say Kansas City because um, yep. I, would, I, I would be that piece in the middle if I played middle. <laughs> now a missing got, link for them. Now, now yeah. You a, now you got a straight run stopper. And that would that would that would plug a big hole, um, you know. Them losing Derek Johnson, um, even though he was older, so you know I think it was time to go. But um, even 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 the Rams, like I have, like why I didn't? Those are the two teams, Kansas City and the Rams, uh, where I'm like, okay, they're gonna hop out there early, but I just don't know because I don't I don't know the linebacker pieces. You know, the Rams are nice all up front, nice in the secondary, and they have younger guys in the middle, and it seems like they're figuring it out. You know, because as a rookie, you know, it's, it's just tough to come into the league and um, deprogram everything that you learned from college for however many years you were there, and then just, boom, pick up a new system, and then be able to play it, you know, like the back of your hand. 
you know, and uh, that's, that's how the league works, you know, is there's that matrix moment where, you know, when you're first there, it's like everything is so, people say the game is faster, and it's not necessarily the game is faster, it's just your brain is, is thinking so much because you don't really know the plays. Versus later on, it's like you're in the matrix and everything is moving slow. <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah, you're about to come to motion. Like, you know the plays before they run it. And uh, so I think that they're going to deal with that. But I would say, I'd say Kansas City. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'd that's a good answer because they probably are one of the contenders that would most benefit from having sure, you on the yeah. team or, or needing you on, on their team. Adrian, before we get to our uh, commercial and, and, and uh, before we have to let you go here, um, this is the uh, start of the NBA season. Can anybody touch the Warriors in the uh, West and, and the Celtics in the East? I think that, uh, uh, well, I guess I can't say that now because the Warriors are missing cousins, so I'll say no. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if someone, if someone could, you know, um, who they played the first night? Uh, they played the Thunder. And I saw how the Thunder, you know, was playing that. Basically, I'm going to back you down, get you in the paint, <laughs> and, you know, shoot threes in here and there. But I think that if you could bang them and kind of get some of their guys in foul trouble where they got to go sit down and go to the bench early, um, that'll be a good tactic. But, mm, nah, when Cousins will be coming back, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I hear you. So uh, what do you give the listeners how they could follow you? I know you're, you're a really good social media fall, follow Talk about everything from football to social issues and uh, a little bit of humor in there as well. How can uh, the listeners follow you, Adrian? Uh, Mad Backer with two Ds on YouTube uh, for my YouTube channel, and then Adrian Ross underscore Mad Backer on Instagram, and just Adrian Ross on Facebook. Yeah. I love how you extended up the seam to different days of the week now. So you can catch up the seam on many different days with the Mad Backer. Adrian, yeah. thank you for joining us, my friend. Thanks, Adrian. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Eno. Thanks, Mike. Take care, bud. Let's take our last commercial break, and we'll come back with this segment that you guys always are waiting for, which is Monique, the Parlay picks, Queen. Picks, picks, picks. For the selections. We'll be back in a quick moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're talking public land elk hunting, calling tips, locating the secret spots bulls love, calipers that fill the freezer, ammunition that performs, and more. Joining us is Mitch Petrie, Vice President of Programming for Outdoor Sportsman Group, and Steve West of Steve's Outdoor Adventures. Jim and Trav's Elk Quest 2018 is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Let's hunt. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. You know, Gino, I hope that uh, I hope that the listeners enjoyed those uh, first two segments as, oh, as much as we did. You know, it's how often do you have an opportunity to talk unscripted, just barbershop style, let's talk about football, let's talk about the game we love with guys who've got years of experience under a their quarterback belt. quarterback and a linebacker, too. So you get completely different perspectives. You get a quarterback who's dealt with these rules, different rules, how they've changed. And it's funny because when you hear the quarterback talk, I like that you pointed out, you would feel like he would kind of be for the quarterbacks, and he's the opposite. He's yeah. just saying, this is too soft, man, because he'd be great in a game in a game like this where if you touched him, it's a free 15 every time. Sure. <laughs> he'd sure. love that, you know? And, uh, and AD obviously frustrated on the defensive end because what are you supposed to do now? We talked about it. You know, you're supposed to sacrifice yourself to not hurt a quarterback. Sure. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's just frustrating. But man, I, I was kind of sending you messages during the conversations with them. It's just great insight that you can very rarely get when you talk to guys who have been in the trenches like that. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of times, you know, people when they're when they're looking to to hear feedback, they're like really pleasantly surprised from some of these guys who maybe didn't have like Hall of Fame type careers in the league. The well, reality of it is, talk a lot. Yeah, I mean, the reality of it is, like, the guys like the Montanas and the Rices, et cetera, you know, they were on good teams, didn't have a lot of adversity. They've got opinions, but they're not, they're really not that exciting, in my opinion, because they didn't kind of go through a lot of those ups and downs. They were maybe fortunate enough to be drafted by the right team. I mean, Achilles Smith, he came in with the perfect pedigree, first round quarterback, third player taken overall in the draft. Things just didn't work out in Cincinnati for him. Who's to say? that uh, he wouldn't have had a brilliant career with another team. But yet, I think because he came in with so much acclaim, had some ups and downs, he's able to process it and be able to give you really, really good assessment of what's going on. And I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I look forward to talking to both uh, AD and Akili again soon as we shift over to this week, Mike. So things that we haven't had, we haven't talked a whole lot of NFL the last couple of weeks because we, well, as far as like specific schedules and matchups and games and stuff, we've been so much in baseball. And then we just kind of had an overall general discussion with, uh, with AD and Akili, but everybody's been doing pretty good over the last couple of weeks with our selections. Last week, everyone was 
was pretty much even. Monique was two and two. I was two and two. You were one and one. You keep crushing me on these head-to-head games, though. Now we're four and zero oh, um, in games that we've played, where you take one side and I take the other. And Monique actually got really unlucky last week. She very easily could have been three and one. And uh, I think she has uh, just a couple plays this week for us. I have three. I'm um, not sure how many you have, but we're doing pretty well, Mike, so far overall in the season. And I gotta say, the numbers look pretty good. So I don't want to, I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too high now because they, the, you know how those gambling gods are. They can very quickly come back and spite you. But we'll just say things are going well. We've got the benefit of the number. Although last week, you and I, and I think in our games, we didn't really have to worry about the number very much. It was like a blowout in the games we won and lost. We're just blowouts either way. Yeah, you either had nothing to, really nothing to stress about, right? Because you're getting yeah. crushed, so there's no chance for a comeback. Well, or you're and way you know ahead. you're losing, so the beer was open early. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Cool. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's, let's get to it then. Let's uh, bring in the parlay queen, Monique. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing very, very well. How are you guys? Good. How are you enjoying these baseball playoffs, by the way, before we get to football? Oh, man, there's so much going on, and then NBA started, and I'm doing uh, daily NBA content, so I'm trying to get everything out quick, and then waiting on the props, and waiting on totals, and waiting on everything, so it's just been chaotic, but honestly, you can't complain at this time of the year, and baseball's been amazing. I've been staying up until, on the East Coast here, until 2, 3 in the morning, no problem <laughs> watching those games. Nail biters, it's been great. And you mentioned the NBA. Do you guys mind if I do my uh, NBA preview show really quickly oh, here? Oh, you got it. All right. I'm gonna, I'm, let's course. do an NBA preview show. Spend a lot of time handicapping, a lot of time studying, a lot of time, and time with analytics. And the NBA preview show. Are you guys ready for the show? Ready. Warriors in the West, Celtics in the East. That's the whole NBA preview show. <laughs> There's no way around it. That's the whole. That's it. That's, that, it. that's it. That's the whole show. We'll we'll get into more of it next week. But I do think I I might take a swing against you in the okay. east in okay. the east with the Celtics. Okay. But I I mean as as uh, AD had mentioned too, when Boogie gets back, that Warriors team. Uh, I'm gonna be rooting for the Lakers, obviously, like crazy. But that Warriors team is gonna be really really deep and really tough to beat. It, and I it know, is, but we're going into the season with like I mean, there's zero uh, mystery. You hope. You just never know. I mean, I, as a Laker fan with LeBron, I'm hoping him and the young guys, you know, you never know if someone gets hurt. Maybe Durant gets sick of playing over there. I heard last year towards the end of the year. Remember, they were a game away from – they were down 3-2 to two and then Chris Paul got hurt. Like, they, they looked like they were in some deep trouble last year. And, you know, and then they got the benefit of the injury. They've had really good luck for three or four years too. And it we've seen sometimes when uh, one of these dynasties ends – it ends badly. Who knows? I, but they're gonna, they're going to be really well, tough. I, I don't think it's going to. And I think the only way to enjoy the season is to do what, what what Monique does, which is to kill it with with the point spread plays and with some PRAs, points yeah. rebound assists, some prop plays. Absolutely, exactly. all over the place. So, Monique, I think you said you have two plays this week, right? I do. I don't love a lot this week. I found myself either, on yeah. two unders. Um, I like the Ravens game under 50. I think the Ravens defense have been great all year. They're allowing only 270 yards a game. And although the Saints offense come in, ranking is the third best offense, I do think this has all the makings of a shootout, but I feel like this is going to be one of those really closely contested games. I think both teams are going to be playing really hard and trying to secure a top spot of their divisions. I think it can be a lot closer and low scoring than people project. I think the total set a little bit high, and I'm liking the under in that one. How much do you put um, 
you know, stock in, in the weather forecast, you know, in Baltimore for, I mean, it's, I guess maybe a little bit difficult to project what's going to happen on Sunday, but we, we have a decent idea. Do you use that into the equation at all? Um, a lot of the time, like I'll, I'll favor teams that are really run heavy teams. Cause at the end of the day, you're going to, you're, for the most part, you're going to try to secure the ball. You're going to play close. You're going to be, you're not going to force the ball downfield. And it is harder to tackle, but conversely, it's also harder to run. So I don't factor that much into it, but I tend, if I'm picking a side, I do tend to favor a team that would be better on the run just because well, at the end of the day, with the slippery conditions and everything, it, it, it is tough to secure the football, but time kind of goes by in those games. I was just going to say when you when you're doing what you just said with with the running teams, the clock keeps rolling. So if you're playing the under on a game like this, uh, you just need to really have like one stagnant quarter, right? Where it's like zero zero, three zero, something like that, and you're in good shape. Yeah, that's it, and that's that's sometimes that's a lot of the time what happens with with the NFL. You know, a lot of those maybe you go for it on fourth down, but it's pretty much a game of field position. And if you you know with the kickers just huge inconsistencies this season a lot of the time you're just going to punt the ball deep and just play the field position game too that's one thing to consider and then even kicking in the rain it's just it's hard to sometimes get a grip on the ball so the snap sometimes isn't good and then it's one of those where rain games are tough but i i tend to lean under in games like that good point and then one more over under for you right you said yeah, one more. Uh, Patriots-Bears. I like the under 51. Now, the Bears defense, we know, are fantastic, and they're even better at stopping the run. And it's been this year where we just haven't really figured out the true identities of teams yet, and the Patriots yeah. are just far too inconsistent. I mean, I don't think the Bears are going to put up a lot of points, and I really don't see the Patriots putting up that many. And I think with the total being at 51, I think it could be a closely contested game, and I think that that's just a little bit too many points. So I find myself on the under in that one as well. A couple unders for Monique. New Orleans, Baltimore under. The Patriots, Bears under. The two plays of the week for Monique. After a two and two week, that could have, Monique, I think you were a half point on that over under, right? Is that what, what got you yeah, last week? half a point. Minnesota, that, that was it. Half a point. Uh, and I mean, I didn't think Arizona was going to put up that many points. So I really thought they'd put up maybe 10 at best, but. That uh, strip sack to end the half was 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 killer. I I knew at that point I wasn't playing with too many points in the second half, and then yeah, half a point. It just goes to show how tough the spreads are, and just maybe buying the hook or just getting early action is just so beneficial in in NFL especially because the lines are just so competitive. That's one thing we follow Monique for a lot of the time: uh, in-game plays um, or you know. And we talked to you, Monique, a couple days out, and sometimes things change. So always good to follow on Twitter, Parlay Queen, because if there's an injury or, as Mike just mentioned, maybe weather changes, something changes, and maybe your play changes, or maybe the way you play a game changes. So always a great follow. She does stuff for covers for ABR Live, and you can follow her at Parlay Queen. We'll talk to you again next week, Monique. Thanks a lot. Perfect. Sounds good. Good luck this week, guys, and thank you for having me. Thanks, Monique. That is awesome. the parlay queen giving a good stuff here. We got, so we got a few yeah, short go moments left. Let's uh, go let's ahead, get Mikey. into our picks. So uh, just to revisit, recap through the first six weeks of the season, I believe I am nine, five, and two. I only have one play for this weekend, and that's going to be Miami at home getting three points. Lions are Lions are not a good road team. They're 0-2 this season. Historically, they're not a good road team. Um Oh, I think we lost Mike's audio there. So we only have a couple minutes left in the show. Sorry about that. Mike was talking about the Miami. I think he likes as his play. We'll make sure to tweet that out. I have three plays uh, with just a couple minutes left. For me, my three plays are the Jets plus the three and a half 
uh, versus Minnesota. I think that the, the extra half is key in that game. I think this is a close game. Minnesota, as, as Monique was mentioning, there's so many teams in the NFL right now that I don't think we've had the ability to really figure them out. And I think Minnesota is one of them, plays well, kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type team. So I think I like the Jets plus the three and a, uh, plus the three and a half versus Minnesota. I like the Saints plus the two and a half versus the Ravens. I think the Saints are going to win that game straight up. So let's go with the Saints. And then Washington, minus one and a half versus Dallas. Dallas coming in off a big win last week. I think this is a game where they lay an egg. And this is going to be a big game for Washington. So Washington, minus one and a half versus Dallas. The Saints, plus two and a half versus the Ravens. And the Jets, plus three and a half versus Minnesota. Good stuff there. You know, I uh, I was having some technical difficulties there. Did, did my, my Miami pick uh, come through you, there? It, you started to come. So go ahead. We still got about 30 seconds. Get okay, your, I was just going to say, yeah, the Dolphins are unbeaten at home. They're facing a, a Lions team that's very inconsistent, historically a very poor road team. I think they got the wrong team favored this week. Dolphins in a 10-point blowout. over the Brock Lions. Osweiler. Brock Osweiler did some historic stuff last week. Couldn't believe it. We'll ride his hot hand for another week or two. That'll put the Dolphins at five and two in very good position if they could win this home game against the Lions. So good stuff this week, man. Um, I know we want to talk a lot more NBA. There's a you know more baseball talk that we didn't even we wanted to get into that we didn't get into. Let's see uh, if the Dodgers can close things out and if the uh, Red Sox can close things out, right, my man? And that'll be a fun uh, fun talking World Series. We'll be fun talking basketball and a little. Uh, a little more NFL as the season rolls on. Absolutely. Well, thanks for hanging with us. Enjoy your fantastic sports weekend coming up, and we'll see you at the same time, same place next week. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.